Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Welcome to SEM Synergy. I'm Mindy Weinstein, and this is Bruce Clay's weekly digital marketing podcast. I'm joined today by SEO manager Rob Ramirez, content and media manager Virginia Nessie, and community manager Christy Kellogg. We have to talk about today, um, especially with the recent release of Google Panda 4.2. So we have a lot to discuss regarding that. And then we're also going to address the debate of technology versus creativity. That's always a fun one, and I know we have lots of opinions on that matter. So let's first start with Panda 4.2. So we know that Panda 4.2 is slowly rolling out. Google confirmed that after nearly 10 months, they've started to push out a Google Panda refresh, which began Saturday, July 18th. So this update is being referred to as Panda 4.2, which I've already mentioned. And according to Google, it affected about 2 to 3% of English language queries. The rollout occurring at a really slow pace. So that's what's a little bit different about this one. Google stated that it could actually take months for the update to fully roll out, which means you might not see an impact right away. And here's one thing just to remember, too. A new Panda refresh means that anyone who was previously penalized has a chance to recover, but on the other hand, it also means that there's going to be new targets. So Panda is site-wide. It focuses on on-page elements. It penalizes sites with thin or poor content. So that's what we're looking at. It's been 10 months. It's here, and now we're going to watch the repercussions of it. So um, let's just open it up because I think it's worth not only discussing what this update means, but also what people should do if they were penalized. You know, I mean, if they were penalized or even if they haven't been penalized yet, there's still things that they should do. So, um, Rob, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, it's it's great that Google is finally refreshing the algorithm. It has been a long time since they've kind of uh, made that step. And uh, it's a good thing for webmasters that went to a lot of trouble to clean up their act if they got um, hit by Panda previously. Um, so hopefully if you are in that boat, you're seeing recovery. Uh, it is a slow process, but uh, we're definitely seeing impact, uh, positive impact uh, for some of the accounts that we monitor. Um, so uh, it's there, you know, like one of the main things that happened when it initially rolled out when and I think one of the headlines on Search Engine uh, Roundtable uh, was, you know, Google rolled out Panda and no one noticed. Right. Um, but, you know, we're seeing more and more people report that, yes, this did impact uh, their sites in a positive or a negative way. Um, and we're, we're starting to see uh, more widespread kind of chatter uh, about the fact that, yeah, this is, in fact, a, a real update that's out there and it's starting to affect people's visibility uh, in a very tangible way. As far as what to do if you've been impacted, first confirm that it is really uh, impact from Panda. Um, you know, uh, very short time frame has passed since it started rolling out. 
Google said it started rolling out last weekend, and as the, at the time of this recording, that was about five days ago. So you have a really small sampling of data. Um, so it's always important to confirm that what you're seeing is, in fact, a trend and not just an anomaly, because that does happen sometimes. Um, you know, I would, I would caution about being too reactive. Um, I would say definitely let at least a couple of weeks pass before you definitively say you have uh, issues. Obviously, if you're seeing a large drop for main keywords or for traffic and visibility across the board, you can start to look at what it is about your site that Panda may not have liked and, and start to, you know, really take a hard look at your on-page elements and uh, start to improve them, basically. Up, but I've noticed because I've been reading, like you said, still fairly new. But one of the questions is why? Why is it taking months to roll out? And so um, one of the thoughts behind that is about the rollout based on a page by page issue, so page by page basis. So I thought that was interesting, and that seems a little bit different from the task updates. So anyway, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of speculation there. Panda, technically, right, if you ask Google, I believe anyways, and I think Barry Schwartz has done this, um, is a site-wide action, is a site-wide penalty. Um, And and the question is now, well, are they going to be impacting individual pages on a site as opposed to uh, the entire site? Um, I think there are quality algorithm, uh, you know, tweaks that have happened in the past that are page-level tweaks. I think that's what a lot of the, the phantom stuff was that, uh, you know, have been, there's been rumors about those types of changes happening in the last three months, which clearly were geared towards um, uh, addressing on-page issues. Um, so, but I think in general, if we're talking about Panda and its engine, which is what Google's refreshed in this case, yeah, it is, does apply to the entire site. Um, it, it may impact certain keywords more uh, than others, um, but, you know, that's, uh, it's hard to say at this point. Does the footprint of this slow roll panda look a little different? Like, I'm so used to seeing um, penguin, that penguin tool, those graphs of, you know, here we checked your site traffic against um, known dates of penalty releases, and we see a sudden drop at this date of a known update. Sure. So then maybe it looks a little different this time. You see a decline Uh following the 18th. Sure, yeah, and, and we I don't have access to any data of declines right now, which is a good thing, actually. But um, as far as increases, which we are seeing, uh, it remains to be seen, right? We're so early into the game, we don't know if it means that it's going to continue to steadily increase as more of the algorithm rolls out. That That is speculated that that's going to happen. But, you know, when you if you lose, let's say, 50% of your traffic following the last Panda uh, update, and then we see a 20% bump in traffic uh, with this weekend's rollout. Uh, the question is, does it mean that we are going to see a continual increase as time goes on, as they uh, presumably roll out the rest of this algorithm and we are continue to benefit from that? Or is that really it? Are we done and the rest of the rollout is going to benefit other pages, other sites, other niches? I mean, who knows exactly uh, how they're rolling things out. So really, it's going to be one of those things where in a month's time, we'll know a lot more, right? For now, it looks like, uh, you know, we are seeing some recovery um, in certain arenas. Uh, It's modest, but it's definitely there. And when you look online and see reports, uh, we're seeing dramatic increases as well. So it's definitely... um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see exactly 
why it is that Google is doing it in this fashion. Why are they saying that it's a slow rollout? When I first read that, I thought that it was to protect against what always happens when these things happen, when these updates roll out, which is, you know, is that it? Uh, Was this all that the impact is going to be? Um, Or, you know, giving examples of all of these uh, uh, really bad results, right? So when an update happens, sometimes uh, bad sites will get uh, rewarded and good sites get hammered. And, of course, uh, the industry writes blog articles about those instances because they are notable and they, they you know drive clicks and people are saying, see, Google's screwing things up again. And then Google usually, the way these updates work is they will refresh or tweak two weeks down the line, three weeks down the line, a month down the line. And and the perception is always that, oh, Google is correcting mistakes that they had made, when really it could be that this is really just the process, right? You uh, put something out into the wild, you try to anticipate the way it's going to go, but you need to kind of tweak factors. Uh, something's weighted too strongly, something's not weighted strongly enough. Uh, and that's part of the process. So maybe this language about saying it's going to take several months to roll out is them protecting themselves and insulating from that criticism. Yeah, I do think it's interesting to think about if it's the slow rollout is part of the design uh, or if it is maybe so that it isn't detectable because maybe, you know, if, if Google wasn't transparent and announced that this happened, nobody would have necessarily noticed. It. Sure. And certainly... What's really interesting about what you just said, too, what um, I, I was reading something that Barry Schwartz had posted on Twitter, because when he came out and he posted about Panda 4.2, it sounds like he got some you know, some skeptics out there saying that, you know what, you're lying, it didn't really roll out. And so he actually confirmed with Gary, with Google, that, you know what, please confirm that Google told him that Panda is rolling out slowly. And part of that is just like you said, it was, it's so slow, so not everyone's seen it right away. I mean, it happened on Saturday, like I said, the 18th, and people didn't notice right away. So I think that goes with what you just said, Virginia. Yeah, I mean, that was it's definitely something else that people are speculating on, that they're doing this intentionally, so that it becomes a little less uh, obvious uh, what's helping you, what's hurting you, and the time frame is going to be spread out a little bit more, which will make it harder for uh, webmasters and SEOs in general to kind of point to one date and you got hammered on this date and that means that this is affecting you and you know exactly what you need to fix. Um, I don't know if that's the case, uh, but certainly it's like an ancillary effect of all of this and the way they're rolling it out. That is what's going to happen. Um, it's going to be a little harder to diagnose exactly what it is that's going on with your site, especially as more time passes and other algorithms that are already cooked into um, you know, Google's main ranking algorithm continue to be applied to sites, right? You know, the, the quality score algorithm or the quality algorithm uh, that we call Phantom or that was labeled Phantom in the industry um, it seems to be rolling out every month. It seems to be refreshing and, and affecting some sites. Um, not to mention, there's the ad, ad. You know, there's you can change something on your site, and your rankings are going to react to that. And a lot of folks that don't know any better are going to say, "Oh man, I got hit by Panda." You know, they said it's rolling out over these two months, and look, my rankings dropped uh, this week. Uh, it must be Panda affecting my site now. And that's not really the case. Maybe it was just something that you did to your site that in the short term has resulted in its rankings drop. You made it a little less relevant for the query in question. It has nothing to do with Panda. It has everything to do with the fact that your site got um, a little worse for whatever reason. And they're going to assume that they're penalized when they're really not. So it, 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 things got a little more complicated for SEOs, that's for sure. 
Um, you, you, the best advice I have is just rely on the data that you have um, and uh, always strive to improve your site. Um, that's, you know, the best advice that anyone can give. Well, there's always a lot to talk about concerning Panda, but it's time to take a quick break. When we return, we'll address the debate of technology versus creativity within digital marketing. Is one better than the other? Stay tuned for more SEM Synergy. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio, T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Virginia Nessie, and we're going to switch gears and talk about the continuous debate of technology versus creativity and which is more important in this field of digital marketing. It's an interesting question as like thought experiment. And recently there was a Marketing Land article called Technology and Creativity Must Play Nice Together in the Marketing Sandbox. Um, Mindy, you brought this to my attention. What was this one about? 
So I just found this article very interesting because I know that when I do training, you know, I, I talk with a lot of people, and a common question that will come up during breaks, it's usually during breaks, someone will come up to me and say, you know what, you know, the SEO landscape, it's changed, you know, it's not really about technology anymore, is it? Now it's more about, you know, the creativity side of it, the content, the design. Or it's interesting, so I hear that question, and then I hear it completely flip. Oh, the SEO landscape has changed, so now it's more about, you know, the technical aspects versus, you know, the other aspects of it. So I hear both, and I always find that very intriguing because as far as the debate goes, in my opinion, they are both very important. So a little bit about this article and just some of the things that were really interesting that were brought up. Um, the author mentioned that during a LinkedIn group chat, um, Gabrielle Berner, who's a thought leader in the CMO network, made the statement, data and creative have always been and by necessity will continue to be forever linked. By definition, a ham and cheese sandwich with little or none of one of the ingredients does not cut the mustard. I think that's totally clever. So some of the other things in the article, it seems that the question comes up, like I mentioned, and we know that there are technical aspects that are crucial to digital marketing, such as platforms. We have the CMS. We have automation. We have to look at big data. But then there's also essential creative factors. So you have content development, persona building, and audience targeting. So if you think of it this way, technology helps content get delivered to customers, and creativity uses that content to evoke emotion. And even as I'm building the case of both sides of the debate, just last night I went to a marketing event, and the speaker was a UX um, expert, and he gave the quote that technology enables its design that puts it in people's lives. So I would argue that it's both, and that's how when I'm asked that at training, I say, you know what, you have to have a platform and a structure that's going to get people to your website. That's technology. That's very technical. There's technical SEO. But at the same time, when they get to your website, you better make sure that you make that human connection, and that's where creative comes in. So, you know, I want to open it up because we have, within even our group today on our our recording, we have you know, SEO, we have content, we have socials. So, I mean, what are, I mean, what are your thoughts? So I'll open it up to the group. I want to hear some other opinions on it. Just personally, I find, well, I had a couple thoughts. One, I am a creative and I'm always looking for ways to kind of uh, enhance my technological understanding of things. And I think that if you fall, if you feel you fall on one side or the other of the left brain, right brain, you might get this have this feeling that you're always trying to kind of better yourself in on the side that maybe isn't your strength so that you could be a more rounded thinker and then at the same time there's this idea that my husband's always telling me that you shouldn't try to become well-rounded you should understand what your strengths are and try to just keep being the strongest at that so if you're like you know a programmer and you're just very um, analytical, if you can be the best at that, then you find people who are compliments to you, and then as a team, you can, you know, be all the strongest parts working together. Yeah, I definitely think 
from an SEO perspective anyways, obviously we concern ourselves very much with the technological aspects of a website. And it's really the relationship between the website and the search engine bots, right? And making sure that everything about our website, uh, that it's fast, that it's able to be indexed properly, um, that, you know, the servers respond in a way that is intuitive and, and seems uh, um, and, and, you know, presents uh, our content in a way that it lets it be considered more easily, really. Um, and the creative side of things are, are obviously very important as well. We're really the vehicle, right, to, to transport that message, whatever it is, uh, to the search engines and, and to the public in general. It's important to note that I think Google changes their algorithm and their goal is to give, uh, to find the sites that give the best experience to users in general. Um, so whatever that looks like, uh, their preference is always uh create a site that people like interacting with and has information that they're looking for. And they're always going to reward that experience as best they can. Um, the exception being if your technical is so screwed up that they can't get to the content and realize that it's a good experience for users, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. So you don't want to do that. So I agree, Virginia, with your first point that it's like important for writers and creative people to understand the technological aspects. Um, so when I first started learning about SEO, I was a little reluctant to make my really creative headlines into these super boring, well, not super boring, but just less exciting. Yeah, like, if you could make it, like, alliterative and, like, throw in some, like, pun or whatever, wouldn't that be so much better than, like, using a keyword? So, like, (laughs) privately inside, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. But then all it took was seeing, like, how many people would come to that article or, like, how I was ranking for the word that I had, like, put into the article purposefully. And if I had never understood those SEO concepts, I would still be writing flamboyant, super creative headlines. And sometimes I still can, but I wouldn't sacrifice the keywords and the traffic for that. And Mindy, you tell a story about that in training. Um, you talk about the LA Times writing about a tsunami, I think, or some tidal wave. Yeah. But they, yeah, and it was called, like, what was it? Tell a story. The, the title, um, oh, I have many stories for training, <laughs> but that specific story and I believe it, it might have been the New York Times, but they, during when that big tsunami hit, they wrote an article as in many news publications, and it had a great headline. The headline, from a creative standpoint, if it was a great headline, it was Killer Wave, and then, you know, it had something else in it. Nowhere in that headline did it say tsunami, so actually, like, there was no optimization done, so while it was a great article... It wasn't part of what people were searching for and finding when they were looking at tsunami. So um, that's an example of where, you know, you can have the creative, but you also do have to understand the SEO side, which is the optimization. There's another story, and I won't tell the full story because it's long, the version that I tell in training, but we tell a story about a CEO and how he's upset because his website isn't ranking for a particular keyword. And the way the story goes is that, you know, he goes into the office of the CMO and says, you know, what's the deal we don't rank? And the CMO says, well, the website, that's IT's department, which now you're talking about technical. So he went into the creative side. They said, oh, really, the website is the IT department, you know, and it's one of those things that what IT department's going to say, no, the website doesn't belong to us. But the moral of the story as we go through the whole thing in training is that um, a website is both 
responsibility. It's the responsibility of IT and it's the responsibility of marketing. You don't want marketing to pick out your servers and your CMS, but at the same time, you don't want your IT department writing your content. So it has to be a harmony between the two. So you can't, in my opinion, you can't separate them. So again, when I'm asked the question multiple times about which is better, it's not, a, it's not an if or an or. It's both. It's an and that you would use instead. So, um, but Chrissy, those are great examples. And I think that's something that a lot of people on the creative side do struggle with, you know, is how do you approach it in a way that's still going to be the emotional triggers, still be interesting to people, but at the same time considering the search engines and all the other things that go into it. I think there's an echo with this topic um, in the question of, is SEO dead? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, SEO as a technical practice has become, as Bruce likes to say, both deeper and broader. So it has to cross the creative disciplines to make sure that, you know, your content, your social media, your website design, um, that it it touches all those things and so it needs to have like a a creative element it needs to communicate it needs to be translated and yet you know it's still very technical yeah and and you know uh as an seo we we interact obviously with content writers some of them in this room all the time uh and it's important for us to be uh, mindful of the fact that they are trying to craft content that is actually um has a purpose, right? And, it, it, and at the end of the day, uh, we are trying to get inspire people to do one thing or another, hopefully buy a product, maybe um, pick up the phone and call, or, or at the very least build a brand and build visibility. Um, so it's important to be careful about over-optimization, right? And and a lot of content marketers have a bad experience when it comes with SEOs that, you know, uh, don't exactly know how to do this properly. So they're stuffing keywords in and they're taking out really the soul of, of the writing and of the piece that, that the content writer spent so much time uh, crafting. And, and like I said earlier, Google is really trying to design ways to identify the best user experience. They haven't confirmed that they use dwell time or time on site as a ranking factor. But we have to assume certainly that when uh, the search engines throw up a SERP, especially on the first page, and someone clicks on a result, goes to a page, and then clicks back and clicks on another result, that that is not a good metric for that result that got the click back, right? It's not a good experience. Clearly, the person was looking for something and they didn't find it. And Google has that data. Uh, and they're going to start to weigh it more and more uh, in results. So it makes a lot of sense for you to spend time in getting your creative perfect, getting the user experience right, because it's becoming more and more of a technical factor almost. You know, um, the, the, the intent of the query needs to be fulfilled. That's part of the reason why Google now is answering questions on page, answer boxes. You know, you have uh, these, these questions now showing up in SERPs. People also search for this type of stuff. If Google can determine from your query exactly what your intent is, they're just going to go ahead and give you the answer in the SERP because it's better than sending you off to a website that may or may not answer. Right, that that may uh, represent that it has the answer on there, but really, when you get there, it's really just trying to sell you something, or some interstitial comes up and is is trying to direct you to load an app, or you know, uh, who knows all the things that people get really annoyed with. Um, so, at the end of the day, you know, uh, I think both are equally important, but user experience, in my mind, uh, is is getting to be 
is such uh, an important aspect and, and more and more important. So um, really, uh, it's, it's the job of the SEOs to um, put that creative up on a pedestal and make sure as many eyes as possible can see it. Um, but, you know, the, the people that are out there writing the content and crafting a brand message that's valuable and on point and really drives things home, I mean, they're invaluable. So we're out of time. Um, thanks to Webmaster Radio for hosting our show, and thank you for listening. We encourage you to visit our blog at bruceclay.com slash blog to stay up to date on what's going on in the SEO industry. Also, we invite you to review this podcast on iTunes. Go to semsynergy.com slash iTunes and tell us what you thought of the show today. Have a great week, and see you next time on SEM Synergy. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.